Welcome to All Villa, No Filler, a podcast all about Aston Villa, the world's greatest football team. Please subscribe on Apple, Spotify, YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Midweek Social and I'm joined today by Priyanka Jasraj. She's a member of the Villa Bellas and a Her Game 2 ambassador. Priyanka, Happy New Year and welcome back to All Villa, No Filler. Happy New Year, Frankie. Thanks for having me back. Absolutely no worries. It was a pleasure to have you last time. So I thought we've got to get Priyanka back on again. We've got to find out how she's feeling about Aston Villa and particularly how we, how, you know, we've, we've just finished 2023. I think to me, it was one of it was maybe the best year I've ever seen as an Aston Villa fan. Um, yeah. How about you? Was that the best calendar year you've seen as a Villa fan? 100%. I think, you know, going back to the Martin O'Neill years, obviously they were delightful as well in their own right but I wasn't a season ticket holder then and I think since becoming a season ticket holder it has without a doubt been my best calendar year because I've been able to actually be there and get involved uh be a lot more involved with her game too and Villa Bellas etc but you know actually being present in these moments which I've not been able to do in previous more successful years yeah it's it's quite amazing and, you know, it was a busy, festive period, wasn't it? Uh, it's just been finished up. Um, yeah. It kind of started extremely hot, didn't it? We uh, beat uh, Manchester City and Arsenal three days apart, both at Villa Park. Um, I know you were at the games, so tell me, what was that experience like? Oh, God. City, incredible. Um, best atmosphere I've ever experienced. Best performance I've ever seen. Um, and that that team, that squad, it was it was outstanding. You know, to outclass some a team like City. I know they were missing the likes of um, Rodri and Jackie G, etc. And um, I think Rodri missing was was a big win for us because we completely ransacked through the middle. Mm. Um, we dominated. There was very good level of intensity. We just we were better in every department, and I think as a consequence of the kind of intent that we showed, the atmosphere was unbelievable. It's like the fans and the team were bouncing off each other all simultaneously. Um, so I don't think anything's ever going to top that. And Arsenal, it was a little bit more nervy. I'd say atmosphere was still great. Um, still obviously a, a good performance. I do think Arsenal probably played a bit better, but getting an early goal and then having to try and maintain that lead for such a long period of time, of course, is going to be difficult. Um, but both phenomenal <laughs> yeah it was absolutely sensational wasn't it and you know to beat those two teams three days apart and uh the man city performance as you say you know i've been supporting villa since 1992 um and i think that probably is the best performance i've ever seen given the the opposition we were up against and given our record against them as well so bad it was just uh phenomenal um would you say that was your uh highlight of 2023 for aston villa would you say the the city win or I mean, there were quite a lot. Highlight weren't there? period, twenty twenty three. Not even football specific, maybe. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, it was yeah, hundred percent the best. Um, I think the Newcastle game back in April, from what I've heard, was comparable. But unfortunately, I wasn't there because my friend decided to get married that day, and I was bridesmaid. <laughs> so after the wedding, I was running trying to get BT Sports on my phone and trying to catch the end of the game. But yeah, from what I've experienced, definitely the the best of twenty twenty three. Yeah, I think so. The Newcastle game was was, was amazing as well, um, just because it was such a statement result at the time. Yeah. Um, but, you know, uh, towards the end of December, um, 
still got points, you know. Uh, mm. But we did draw at home with Sheffield United, who were bottom of the league. We did draw, uh, throw away a 2-0 lead at Man United and lose 3-2. But then we did beat Burnley, but kind of just got over the line in that one. Yeah. Um, you know, again, you were at the some of these games. So um, what did you think of that? Why do you think Villa was it got a little bit rockier towards the end of the month? Um, it's obviously been a, a busy month. We, for me, I think the, most people probably went into those three games thinking we'd get a minimum seven points. I think actually a lot of people probably thought we'd get all nine. Losing camera, I think, was the biggest issue for us. You can see a massive difference in the way that we play when we've got him in the team or we haven't. I guess he's our Roger equivalent of mm. sorts. Um, him being in the team allows... McGinn and Douglas Louise to do what they do best. They're not in their best positions when camera isn't there. Dougie is a bit of a puppet master. You know, he controls the play, he controls that midfield, and he doesn't really have the ability to do that when he's got to sit a sit a bit deeper. Similarly with McGinn, he's not able to get as high up the pitch and be as effective as he is when camera's not there. I think with Sheffield United, you know, it was very we struggle against a low block. I don't think we've quite figured out how to play with teams that sit deep. We weren't able to break them down. The likes of Tillemans or Buendia, obviously both of whom we were missing, would have been probably quite effective in that game. Um, they were organised and disciplined and, you know, probably not the right time to play them after Wilder um, came in. But yeah, we just couldn't move the ball quick enough. Um, a lot of VAR controversy, I guess, <laughs> that game. Yeah. Um, with the ball handball and Watkins being shoved and the, the shirt being pulled. Um, it's a shame that it broke our winning streak. But, you know, I think where before we've, in games like this, probably would have crumbled and not been able to then get on and uh, go on and still get a point from it. That was something in itself. So at least we didn't lose, but gutted about losing the winning streak. Um, United, devastating that was. A <laughs> um, little bit of a blur, if I'm honest, because it was Boxing yeah. Day and um, there were a few drinks flying about and I wasn't with a few United fans. But um, I think they probably had an injection of something with the takeover, the Ineos deal coming in. I don't know. That being said, I guess their last result doesn't really mirror that. Again, I think, though, we missed the likes of Camera, Tillemans, even Pal Torres. Um, a lot of individual poor performances, losing second balls, not really that intensity that we saw against City. We weren't really playing between the lines. Mm. And again, another stat broken where we were the only team not to drop points from losing uh, from winning positions and unfortunately did. It was a bit of a bit of a shit show if I can you know, <laughs> use that language yeah um kind of screamed Stevie G era during that second half which wasn't oh, nice to see don't remind us <laughs> of that yeah <laughs> yeah yeah um but no I think the game was probably a bit mismanaged in the second half I don't think I think substitutions could have been used more effectively or maybe even earlier on um but I guess Austin McPhee's getting his money worth with those two set pieces which at least were impressive <laughs> <laughs> And, um, then, and then Burnley as well, just over the line. Were you at, were you at the Burnley game? Yes, I was. Um, really disappointed with the atmosphere. It was quiet. It was very quiet. I don't know if it's off the back of the festive period and everyone's maybe a bit hungover or low on energy, um, potentially also a psychological impact off the back of the two previous games. I'm not sure. Mm. Um, you'd think the position that we're in, we're able to capitalise a lot better on 
are down to 10 men. Obviously, Diaby should have had a hat-trick. I don't think the defending was entirely brilliant, uh, particularly for the first goal. Um, and then I think it adds a little bit of an antsy kind of atmosphere when you can't really celebrate Diaby's goal, for example, because everyone stood there waiting for VAR to, to, to decide yeah. what what the um, decision is going to be. Um, and I guess where we've been so effective with the high line and, and the incredible stats that we have with our high line, you know, for their second goal and with the goalkeeper kind of catching us out with that that long ball, like that long ball um, was disappointing. And it makes you wonder what well, if we had the likes of Pat Torres or Mings then Mings there, would they be able to hold their line a bit better? Would they get back quick enough? But to be honest, they all looked a bit tired. And I think with the grueling fixture list that we had in December, it's unsurprising, but it's still good that we were able to get over the line with with a win um, and at least finish the year on a high. Yeah, exactly that. I think I feel like December's a little bit of a leveller. And I think that Arsenal losing to Fulham the other day, 2-1, and the fact and, and to West Ham as well, 2-0. Yeah. I sort of feel like they had a similar problem to Villa in that I think that towards the end of December, it just kind of felt like there was quite a lot of players there who've probably been playing a lot recently. Other mm. teams have probably studied us quite a lot more. Yeah. And that we just looked a little bit lower energy than I think we probably would have done at the start of the month. And everyone forgets, it's very easy to forget as well, all our players went to Bosnia halfway through the month as well. Yeah, that's true. And Arsenal <laughs> had the same thing with the Champions League. So, yeah, yeah. I, I think it was just get through December and then once, I mean, just getting over the line against Burnley actually was pretty crucial because I think if we had drawn that, you'd be looking at Everton in a couple of weeks thinking like, all right, where are we now? Yeah. Are we in decline or here? or No, but... Thankfully, I don't think that's going to be the case under Professor Unai, as I call him. <laughs> um, looking ahead, you know, after a brilliant 2023, uh, what would you like to see Villa achieve this year? I've seen a lot of debates going around about whether you'd like a Champions League place or whether you'd like a cup, whether that be FA Cup or yeah. Conference League. Um, I don't know where you stand with it, but I think silverware is probably pretty important, right? Um, mm. That being said, considering the position we're in at the moment, sitting second, is this our, our best opportunity to push on? I don't think we're in the title race, I think, with City. Having Haaland coming back and De Bruyne coming back and all of that, and we know the the kind of runs that City go on every single season, likely scenario is they're, they're going to bounce back very soon. Liverpool are looking quite strong, but losing players to AFCON might, might impact them, but I'd I don't think when the title race, Champions League, I think, yeah, it's it's more realistic. But it would be good to finally bring some silverware home, whether that be Conference League or FA Cup. Yeah, I mean, why not both, hopefully? Um, but <laughs> I think, um, yeah, I think we had, we had this debate on the podcast recently. And I think my thinking was, if we can get Champions League now instead of a trophy, it just means we could potentially attract more players in the summer who might be of a yeah. higher calibre and therefore that. And it also improves Villa's reputation across the world in the sense that players look at us and go, oh, they're a Champions League team. Mm. So in the long run, it might help us achieve more silverware than in the short term. If, yeah. But, you know, I remember under Martin O'Neill when, you know, we sent the kids out to Moscow thinking, oh, this will... <laughs> This will work for us because then we can go and do well and get the Champions League. And then we didn't. We back we backfired and we were out. We didn't get either. Yeah. So it's it's. I, I'm I'm sure. Whatever it is that Professor and I chooses to do, I will trust it. Um, and I we trust. Yeah. But uh, you know, we talking this silverware this weekend. We've got Middlesbrough in the FA yeah. Cup uh, away. 
We have not been out of the third round of the FA Cup for a very long time, since dinosaurs walked the earth. I think, <laughs> um, <laughs> I think the more monumental thing is that we haven't drawn United again. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> that that is a crazy record how often we we draw them um yeah. <laughs> but uh how do you uh how do you think we should uh, line up against Middlesbrough do you think we should go with a full team again or maybe um bring in a few of the kids no i think we need to go full team we've only got what three fixtures in january yeah um they've had a few days off and i think we really need to kind of set a precedence of the more of us I, I suppose uh have that discipline in terms of this is what we want to achieve. We're serious about achieving this. So run with it. And if that means full squad, fine. Full squad it is. Like we've got to show that intent that we we want to win things. And I think if we play kids, bring them on later in the game, substitutions, whatever. But we've got to start the year as we mean to go on. Um, so I think showing that intent will be very important. It's like as more of a psychological impact for the for the team and the squad. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, and uh, particularly how I don't, think Unai will want to repeat what happened with Stevenage last year. Um, <laughs> Definitely not. Genuinely, the the one really low... low God, that was last year, wasn't it? Uh, yeah. 2023. It was such a great year. And then we... Some, we <laughs> Forgot about that one. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, Next, we're talking about... we talking about Emmy Martinez going up against Arsenal for that last <laughs> corner. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean... Um, it's a, it's 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 an interesting one. Uh, I, I could I could see something where Yonderan perhaps start or Zaniolo starts. Um, well, interesting that there's rumours about John Duran and Milan. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I was thinking that. I, I mean, it's a funny one with Duran. I mean, how how would you feel about that if if he were to go to AC Milan if that proves to be true? I think he needs. He's obviously young. He's needs to learn the trade, learn the game. Going on loan, fine. I. He's obviously got raw talent there. Um, we were all screaming Benteke when he joined. Um, <laughs> but I think he needs to he needs time to grow into his game. And I don't think he's been able to do that. And he's not obviously getting enough minutes on the pitch with Watkins having played so many minutes. Um it's more so concerning if Watkins was supposed was to get injured, what would happen then? Um, yeah. Are we going to play DRB as a as a false nine? Um, we do need cover for that area. Um, but yeah, going out on loan, we're seeing how many of our old player or our young players, albeit we've sold them, like Jaden Villagin Bades or even Vinazaz, and how much you know they're they're all excelling in in at the clubs that they're at. Um, yeah. So maybe is it just just a case of him needing to nurture his talent, and maybe he's not able to do that as effectively at Villa without the game time. Yeah, oh yeah, so really well put. Um, he he, there have been moments where he's looked like an absolutely fantastic young talent. Um, but then also there's just that raw quality that he can only improve on if he plays more, I guess. Yeah, um, and no one's. He's got a great physical presence. He's just yeah. a bit hot headed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's he's a proper wild card, isn't he? Uh, yeah. I've no idea what you're gonna get. Um, <laughs> uh, Do you but, think that was um a sending off, by the way? The um with the arm. The, Oh, uh, the Sheffield United. Was that the, the Sheffield, Sheffield United? United? Yeah, yeah. So I was in the stadium when that happened, and I completely didn't see him do anything at all. Mm. Uh, and then so, the highlights I've watched haven't shown that re repeated. But I've, people have I told really... me they think it was a red card. Yeah, well, I think he's just he's being held and he's trying to get his arm away. So I don't right. think he's there's any intent for him to to do anything. There wasn't any malice behind it. But yeah, 
it's an interesting one but it's one of those with him where I feel like it could be a situation in the future where if he does actually get rolled up could he get a little bit antsy <laughs> yeah I know I mean John, I mean John Percy of the Telegraph did report the other day there might be some tension with him and Emery so there's been rumors of that for quite a while now hasn't there but that died down in between so yeah it did and it, it, it particularly because he seems to worked his way back into the team and he's looked yeah. focused on the pitch and that. So it's, um, mm. I was quite surprised when I saw that written by John Percy. I, I wondered, uh, you know, because we're just not on the training ground. We have no idea, but um, yeah, yeah, it's quite interesting. I haven't read it yet. I need to check it out. Yeah. Um, well, he was talking about the January transfer window um, when I, in that article he wrote. So, uh, you know, um, obviously, FFP probably you know restricts what lots and lots of clubs can do mm. across the country, and Villa will be no stranger to that either. But you know there might be some freedom to do something, and if yeah. there is, um, you know where would you like to see Villa improve uh, this January? Got a bit of a bit of backlash on a tweet or X or whatever um, <laughs> <laughs> from the other day, and it wasn't by any stretch me. Um, saying Diego Carlos is is a rubbish player or that yeah. he doesn't deserve to play for Villa or calling him out in that kind of way. Um, you know, in my opinion, he is a little bit slower on the ball than Pal Torres and Ezra Conza. Um I don't think he's as progressive with his passing, although that did get a lot of backlash because they were like, well, actually it was his ball that led to a goal. Yeah, mm. but just generally. Um, yeah. I, I do feel a little bit more antsy when he's on the ball. I'm not. I'm a bit more nervous when he's on the ball, and I think the only reason why he's coming as centre back is well, because Ezri Konsa is filling that role of right back. I don't think Emery seems to fancy Matty Cash for whatever reason, mm. and I do think Ezri Konsa is far more suitable and far more effective in his usual right centre back position. So if it's a case of um, Emery not fancying Matty Cash. I think we need to probably fill that right back role um, because we want to have our strongest players in the positions that they're, they're strongest in. So if it means having to, to bring someone in to get Ezri Concert back there, then I'm all for that. It's interesting because I've been watching it quite a lot and you know a lot of people have been calling out the fact that Matty Cash doesn't make those runs anymore. He doesn't keep going forward. He stops his run and he plays the ball in. But he never used to do that before. And I think from what I've seen, Emery kind of fancies more the left back flying forward and the, the right back sitting a little bit deeper yeah. and not being as attacking minded. So I think that is more of a tactical thing than it is Matty Cash's inability to go forward. Mm -hmm. um, but I think where he is more of an attacking right back, I think Emery maybe wants a bit more of a defense defensive right back. So I know we've been linked to the likes of Frimpong, um, think it might be a little bit too much money there but someone like Juan Foyth as well we've been linked to um Sasha Bowie at Galatasaray 22 you know he's amazing defensively um and in jewels as well there's a there's a few people and I think also if if Longley goes to Bayern because there's been links of Barcelona recalling him um maybe to find someone that could also cover that centre-back position as well because we're not, again, we've got Concel, we've got Pal Torres, we've got um, Diego Carlos, but he doesn't seem to factor Cam Chambers either. Um, so maybe someone that can that can fill both there. So I think definitely right back is somewhere we need to to find backup. I think the striking position is a little bit of a, a sticky one because obviously we got rid of Danny Ings and 
Ollie Watkins completely excelled after that. You know, yeah. he likes being the main striker. Emery likes having a main striker. Um, so we don't want that to kind of be detrimental to Watkins' game. And, you know, recently been noticing more and more like he holds his run a lot better now. I think he used to get caught offside a little bit more maybe like a year ago or something, um, but not so much. And obviously being the top of the league with his eight assists, you know, you don't want to do anything that's going to negatively impact his game. Um, but yeah, maybe looking for some sort of cover for uh, Ollie Watkins, particularly if John Duran is off. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe a creative player as well, particularly with all these teams. Well, with Sheffield United having played such a low block against us, I think more and more teams are going to do that now with the style of football that we play. And with the likes of Tillemans being out with injury, Buendia being out with injury, you know, we might need to have a bit more of a creative player coming in, maybe someone like Albert Goodmanson um, or Jan Nicholas uh, Besto, who all of whom have been getting loads of goals and assists um, for their respective teams. So potentially, you know, they're not household names, but they're performing in top leagues at mid-teams. Um so they're probably going to be more gettable because I guess it goes to your point earlier. You know, if we're in the Champions League, we're going to attract probably bigger and better players. But for now, where we're not, you know, getting these players who are at more mid-table teams but are performing very well in these top leagues, um, they, they're definitely more attainable. All Villa, no filler on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. Yeah, for sure. And um I think what I'd like to see, if we possibly could, is like a kind of a repeat of what happened with Alex Moreno last year. You know, Moreno, 13, 14 million. It ended up being a really transformative player for Aston Villa. Yeah. Brilliant, brilliant signing he's been. And probably not on the biggest wages in the world either. Just, just a canny signing. Um, yeah, it's going to be going to be interesting to see what Villa do. Um, I, uh, right back, as, as, as you mentioned, seems like the, the glaring position where there's some uncertainty or mm. just a lack of strength in depth and maybe not quite as much trust in cash as other areas of the pitch. Um, it's And it's funny what you say about Diego Carlos, because well, I, I liked that tweet because I, I agreed uh, with what he said. I saw. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, it was because um, you, you are right about the distribution. Like he's right. His long ball distribution it can be very good. You know, the, the Burnley, the first goal against Burnley happened yeah. because of his ball over the top. But uh, he's given away two goals in against Bournemouth and Manchester United, trying mm. to play passes that aren't on in the centre. Yeah, and there's just occasions where he looks to me a little when he's chasing back, he can look a little clunky or yeah, definitely awkward. He's not as agile as the likes of Paul Torres or no. Tyrone Mings or Ezri Konsa. He looks a little bit more, I guess, nervous. Yeah, and you know that's understandable. Given you know he was out for a year, um, you know, yeah, he's, he's to work his way back. But I, I do, I do think I agree in the sense, like when I watch him, I don't feel as confident mm. as when um, Concer is in that position. Concer just yeah. has that cool, calm, you know, collected. You don't think he's going to make a mistake, whereas no. Carl, I should just do feel like, oh, um, there's probably going to be a few comments now under this saying, how dare you? Uh, I, know, I, know I know what it's like online. Sometimes you put a tweet or you say something on YouTube and it, um, people, you know, don't seem happy about it. But yeah. it's, it is what, you know, look. But this it, is not by no means us, no. you know, 
saying he's a bad player. Or no, anything. We're not but I think we've also got to remember, and something else that was in my comments was, oh, but he's our fourth choice right um, centre back. But he wasn't. He was brought in as a first choice yeah, centre back, yeah. and he wasn't cheap. Uh, albeit it was under Steven Gerrard, but you know, for the the reputation that he had and the money that we brought him in for, he was never supposed to be a fourth choice centre back. You're not going to spend that kind of money on a fourth choice centre back. Um, <laughs> so I think we've got to bear that in mind. And, and completely on your point of him having been injured, and it takes time. I mean, look at Jacob Ramsey; he's not been able to find his mm. groove yet. He's not the, the Jacob Ramsey that we all know and love. So I do understand that after injury, it's going to take time. And I know we all give the likes of Tyrone Mings grace when he comes back from injury, but. Yeah, it's just it's more more so the situation whereby him playing and the the consequence of him playing means constant right back and right, constant then not being as effective yeah. in his natural position. Yeah, completely, totally agree. And I yeah, I think uh, for me, I think the the positions that are seem glaring to me are the backup options for goalkeeper and striker. Yeah, and that is yeah. where you do think, oh, there's such a drop off that were. Where's Olsen gone? I don't actually know. Yeah, I was thinking. <laughs> Because <laughs> he's just not been on the subs bench for I don't know how long now. <laughs> there was a presser put out, and Emery was saying he's looking for like a young keeper to kind of mm, um, develop and and whatever. But yeah, I don't don't really know what's happened to Olsen. <laughs> I feel like I feel like my Emmy Martinez would enjoy having a young keeper there. It could be like yeah. Like he's like goalkeeper dad. As long as it doesn't teach him to kind of play up to Neil Malpe's yeah. antics and you know consequently get cameras and off. Yeah. Which uh, all those all that all that wrestling was actually hilarious, but uh, also terrible because <laughs> it was so stupid to get involved with it. Um, <laughs> but but look, Priyanka, you know you're clearly a very passionate Aston Villa fan. Um, where did the, you know something we ask on the midweek social all the time? Mm-hmm. So where did this love for Villa come from? Um, unfortunately, my dad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, he supported Villa from he was born in Tanzania and he used to um just follow English football, he used to write to football clubs and Villa were the only team to write back. Um Villa actually went and did a pre-season tour of some sort in Tanzania. It was when they'd just been relegated to the third or fourth division back in like 72, 73. <laughs> But he also liked Norwich because his local Tanzanian team wore the same colours as Norwich. Right. So there were like two teams in Tanzania. There was the one that he supported. I don't remember either of these names for the life of me. But then there was the other one, which is where Ali Samata came from. So when we signed Samata, my dad was the person in the crowd carrying this Tanzanian flag with so much pride. <laughs> um, but yeah, so he went to go and watch them play in Tanzania and then he subscribed to all the magazines and stuff. So he's got like a whole kind of scrapbook with loads of cutting cuttings out and stuff like that, um, which I told him about four years ago I was going to kind of fix up for him, but I haven't done so yet. And it's quite amazing. Like on the last page, he's got this whole accounting book. So it's all the players we signed and how much we signed them for, where from and how much we sold them from, uh, sold them for and where they went. And so, yeah, he um, when he moved here, he used to go all over the country to to follow Villa. And then when my brother and I were born, it was like, you support Villa, you're at my house. So I was like, <laughs> great, I guess I'm supporting Villa. <laughs> And then, yeah, when um, the season before we got promoted, when we beat Wolves in March, what was it, 4-0 or something, 4-1? Um, yeah. I thought we were getting promoted. And I was like, I was just on a high um, after that game. And I was like, I'm getting a season ticket. I don't care about you guys, but I'm going to do it. And they're Amazing. like, okay, fine, we'll do it too. So then we all got season tickets. Lo and behold, we didn't get promoted. I started a new job. I couldn't go to midweek games, championship games, obviously. 
Um, but then, yeah, after that, it's just a, been a consistent thing and I wouldn't dare to think about um, giving up my season ticket now. So, yeah, it was just it was just a love that came from my dad, but then developed over the years for whatever reasons, um, just became, I guess, a passion of mine. Um, and I was the only only kind of girl amongst my friends and family that liked football. So I kind of felt like, oh, this is my USP of sorts. <laughs> so I kind of ran with that. Yeah. Um, so generally, I meet someone new and I'm having a conversation, my my safe zone and my go-to would be probably football related. <laughs> That is that is absolutely amazing. Um, I mean, uh, I mean, you got the season ticket at the right time as well, particularly yeah. now given the waiting list. Um, Definitely. But but uh, but yeah, it's quite funny. So my so my uncle played for Aston Villa in the nineteen seventies and the late seventies, seventy five, seventy nine. His name was John Dean. He was a striker with Andy Gray, Brian Little. Oh wow! Um, something I definitely remember my mom telling me because he was he would be at home like at their house when he when he broke through at like, seventeen eighteen. And something I definitely remember my mom telling me is that he would get letters from around the world and one country really? from Tanzania. So I'm sort of like wondering oh, if you so ever, if, yeah, if your dad, uh, I don't know, but I, I'm fascinated to know. And I don't yeah, know whether it would, would go directly to the players, whether it would go to the club. I think some were, because I remember him mentioning something about Andy Gray at some point, and maybe I'm making that up. Right. <laughs> I've heard this story so many times. I've also just like kind of made my own slightly Chinese whispers version of it without realizing. <laughs> yeah. And then it was just um, literally at the at the Burnley game where my mate Ben was there and his mum asked, oh, so why do you support Villa? And I was like, Dad, why don't you explain why yeah, you support yeah. Villa? And then he told the story, the, his version of the story. And I was like, oh, I thought Norwich also used to write back to you. But no, it was just the colours. So <laughs> I, I don't know if the Andy Gray thing is true, but I will no. I will definitely ask him. Yeah, because no, I, I definitely remember my mum telling me that. And I remember Tanzania being one country she mentioned. So, yeah, uh, that's, that's crazy. That's fascinating, yeah. Yeah, um, definitely. But uh, but look, you know, Priyanka, you are also part of the Villa Bellas. Um, can you tell us who they are and how you can get involved? Yes. Yeah, so Villa Bellas are the official network supporting women, girls and non-binary people. Um, we're basically there to stand up for women. <laughs> and we've been doing a number of things across the last year or so we um work in conjunction with her game two which is a non-profit organization set up by female football fans to stamp out misogyny and sexism in the game so we're partnered up with her game two and we're partnered up with villa um i guess we're kind of like a triangle of sorts i'd probably describe it um so the best way of getting involved is you can sign up um and be a member we've got over 100 members signed up so you know if people are interested i can send you over the link and you can add it to the bio or whatever but then we've got a whatsapp group where we've got all of our members there so a bit of chat and stuff going on there we've done a few things um in 2023 which we're, we're really really proud of the spurs fixture in particular um was our dedicated her game two fixture mm-hmm. which was really exciting to see and since then off the back of that we've had um an installation of like banners i don't know if you've seen around villa park but it says her game two um and that's there every game and then every half time we've got um advertisement about that as well um mm. but from a specific villa bellis perspective we've been supporting the foundation um in various activities including a, a menopause workshop that we did uh towards the end of last year um we were invited to be 
be part of the Villa kit launch, which was quite sad because that was a great, great day, like super fun. And um, they had this whole creative idea of how they wanted all the diversity groups and all the fan groups to be involved to to launch the new kit. And then um, we were kind of sidelined. They 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 were just like, no, we don't want to go down that creative angle anymore, um, <laughs> which is a shame. But it was still it was still really fun. Um, and yeah, we're just working with the club. Um, working with the other fan groups, part of the FAB meetings, um, part of Fans for Diversity, you know, ensuring that football was as inclusive as it can be. Um, and also Her Game 2 recently have kind of done a deal with West Midlands Police, uh, a collaboration of sorts across all the West Midlands football clubs. Um, it's a pilot to kind of enhance safety and security and reporting mechanisms within the football clubs. Um, something that we kind of are encouraging all supporters to utilise and they can file reports through the Her Game 2 system and then that gets forwarded and logged to West Midlands Police and it, I guess it allows us to be more vigilant in reporting sexism and misogynistic incidents um, because I'm sure we're all here to stamp out misogyny and sexism in the game where we can. But yeah, looking forward, we're, we're in constant communication with the club we're hoping to have a dedicated Villa Bellas Her Game 2 fixture this season. Um, and we actually, I'm, I'm not sure if you've noticed, but the club have kind of, there's on the right of the Trinity, if you're sat in the Trinity on the right, like between the Holt and the Trinity, they've um, put up all the diversity group banners. So there's been yeah. a whole launch about that where they've kind of, um, they're showcasing all the diversity groups within the club um, and hopefully as a consequence of that there's going to be more content coming out and more support behind what we do so up there you'll see Villain Proud, Villa Bellas, Punjabi Villains etc I think there's maybe about six or seven flags so at the moment we've got a lot of support from the EDI department at Villa um, and we hope to be able to amplify what we did in 2023 which is a hugely successful year for us considering it was our first yeah. full year since inception to then grow it even more and working alongside the club and her game too, I think will allow us to elevate it much further. Well, brilliant stuff. Sorry, that was a massive ramble. <laughs> no, no, it's good to know. Uh, sure. And I'm sure there's people watching and listening who uh, weren't too aware before and now know a lot yeah. more uh, and some who will want to get involved as well. Um, so, uh, you know, you're also a her game Two ambassador. What is her game Two? So Her Game 2 is a non-profit organisation that was set up to stamp out sexism and misogyny in the game. So it was set up by a group of female football fans. And essentially, they've their aim is to kind of cover the whole football pyramid, which they've they've almost done from Premier League all the way down to um, the, all the local clubs and, and stuff um, uh, to grassroots football. But we have ambassadors and we have advocates uh, for majority of the clubs. And at Villa, we've got three ambassadors. So we've got myself, we've got Sarah Breslin, and we've got Lena Curran. Mm -hmm. Lena and I cover Villa men and Sarah cover Sarah covers Villa women. Um, and so, yeah, we're, we're trying to, as a whole, make the world a better and less sexist place. <laughs> um, but I think what's really kind of strong about our relationship is because we've got a lot of clubs don't have their like specific supporters network for women, girls and non-binary people. Whereas we've got Villa Bellas and we've got Her Game too, and we've got the support of the club. So working together and working in unison is, is really effective. Um, and it gives us a platform to do bigger and better things. But yeah, the, the kind of messaging behind Her Game too is to 
support women, support women in the game, whether that be the men's game or the women's game. Um, you know, whether that also be to, I don't know, have sanitary, sanitary products in toilets or whether it be to report things and, you know, try and make it a more safer environment. They have designated pubs around the country that are her game to designated pubs to okay. kind of enhance that kind of security feeling for women. Um, yeah. Oh, well, brilliant. No, it's a, it sounds like you're doing absolutely amazing work, to be honest, Priyanka, and a great representative, not just for the Villa fan base, but Aston Villa Football Club as well, really. Um, you know, so Priyanka, um, you're, you're a great follow online on Twitter. You know, some people are a lot following on there. You're one of the best ones. So, how, you know, <laughs> appreciate if, that. <laughs> so, how can we follow you online? And also, um, you know, how can we follow the uh, Villa Bellas as well? Yeah, so we are um, across all social media platforms, I'd say. Mm-hmm. Uh, Villa Bellas, you can find us. Um, now, I always get this wrong. It's either Villa Bellas, one word, on Twitter or Instagram, and the other one is Villa.Bellas. Um, we've also got a LinkedIn page and a Facebook page. And like I said, you can sign up to be a member as well. Uh, we're trying to grow that as much as possible. We're going to have newsletters and things like that going out, which we've done a few of, and we've been involved in blogs and and those kind of things. So, we're, yeah, we're trying to grow that as much as we can. Um, Her Game 2, you'll find them all over uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn as well. And same with me, to be, to be honest, um, across all the main social media platforms. Um, so, yeah, check us out. Give us a follow. And if you'd like to get involved, feel free to let me know. <laughs> I, ha- I have just checked on Twitter. It's Villa Bellas with no dots. So it's just Villa Bellas. So it's Instagram so then. Thank you for checking. Yeah, yeah, Instagram is yeah. Villa.Bellas. And I've kind of now been put in charge of the creative social media stuff, which, by the way, I have no experience in. I just did a couple of reels last season and they were okay. So I'm going to try and level up on that because it does not come naturally naturally to me. I cannot draw a stick man to save my life. I'm not a creative person at all. Um, so maybe avoid Instagram for now because it could be pretty embarrassing content on my behalf. Oh, I don't know. Uh, but other than that, yeah, it'll be Villa.Bellas. <laughs> <laughs> well, brilliant. Well, Priyanka, uh, thanks so much for coming on. Before you go, next game, Middlesbrough. Can I get your score prediction? 3-0. 3-0? Who's scoring? I don't, I don't even know where that came from. <laughs> <laughs> who's, who's scoring? Who's going to score? Finesse <clears throat> has three own goals. <laughs> um, Bailey DRB Watkins. Okay. I want to. I want to say all three of them will back. Oh, maybe Zaniolo. Yeah, I'm going to go Zaniolo. I think, yeah. I think I'm feeling it was Zaniolo. Also, Zaniolo. Leon Bailey on fire. What a player this season! Absolutely astonishing. What a turnaround and what a yeah. Just Incredible. I never, I, I never, ever thought he would get to a level like no. this. He, currently, one of the best players in the Premier League. Like that's absolutely. His return is incredible. His what is it like goals and assists per game? The best yeah. point like point seven or something, isn't it? It's absolutely unbelievable. Mad. And every time he gets, need to wrap him in bubble wrap and just protect him for the rest of the season. <laughs> yeah, it's it just honestly, just it's like to see to see such a glow up. It's absolutely mad. It's like it's like I've turned into Brad Pitt or something. Like you know, I just <laughs> would never dream of looking like this. And somehow he he's done it. He's it's he's um and also like you know against uh, Burnley, I think there was one uh, moment in the corner where he got taken down, or there were two players on him and went in physically. And he kept running. He kept running. Yeah, I love that everyone never used to do that. Yeah, everyone knows. The man that. never used to even track back before. Mm. Down that side, you'd have um, Matty Cash by himself. Yeah. No Leon Bailey in sight. Now he does not like, and I, I think he used to fall over a little bit too easily before. Oh yeah, yeah, he did. Yeah. Now he's like taking on players, skimming them, everything. Think That's how great. much. 
I can think in Unai Emery is so much a manager that you want players to work. What he sees in Bailey he must be absolutely amazing. Like he must be so yeah. proud and happy of what he's doing. Um, yeah. And also so good at saying to him, I bet you can do just a little bit better and just always getting him to perform to higher levels. It's a, it's a, it's a fun time to support Villa with a it is. players. <laughs> I just want football back already. <laughs> <laughs> I want more games this month. It's three's not enough. <laughs> yeah.